So what did you think of the first episode? It was good. Good reactions of um, family and friends and small businesses I've worked with. We got uh, a lot to do to make it better, make it better. quicker. Yeah, but uh, overall, I thought it was great. How about well, yourself? I thought it was good. I thought it was good for people to hear a different side because both like most of the people that know you and know me, we typically talking in like action item form right. of like moving things forward, but just like slowing down and telling stories was nice. Um, what is something that from last week's episode that you want to do better this week? Maybe make my face skinnier. Okay. And we'll work on that. All right. So if you're listening, you've heard that. Leave us <laughs> leave us a review or a comment and see if you did a good job of that. We'll just track that progress. I think that'd be up to me losing some weight, but other than that. Okay. They can encourage you. We can encourage you. Um, I think I was thinking about one of the things I want to do better is be able to um, not get lost in the story because yeah. a lot you know some things I'm st- you know some things I don't even know about your story and same as mine but finding ways to like break that out and fall back to like a tangible action item so yeah, like last week was introductions this week's going to be a little bit more pointed and just getting to that place of um, this is something you can take and put in place today and take and like gain more freedom over your financing for I agree with I think it's a lot because we've been friends for a long time too is it yeah. easy to start talking and get out of it yeah that's good I mean that's good it's just storytelling people enjoy it and yeah but it's still being able to pick little things so um but this week's going to be good talking about small business financing um so without you know further ado let's get into episode two Talking all about small business financing, um, and then how are small ba- small? I can't talk. Words are tough. I should have done some voice warm ups. That's my thing for next bah, week. Bah, bah, yeah. bah. <laughs> a lot of voice exercises. But this week we're going to talk about small business finances, how they're financed, not the finances of them, but how they find financing, what types of financing they have, and then um, again, just kind of double down on success and teach by storytelling, and try and tie that into things that you've been through or things that I've been through or even people we know that have been through. Yeah. So <clears throat> I wanted to kick off with like a broad question of how are small businesses financed? Just not looking at any particular type of industry, type of business, just a small business in general. How is it? What are the ways that you can be financed? Yeah. So a new business, you're looking at uh, credit cards that you might personally already have that you're going to transition over, lines of credit, family, so that'd be like those would be considered owner investments. Yeah, it'd be like a equity, right? And then in in some cases debt. Um, but in general, um, a company that's already running, maybe it's been in business for a couple of years, they usually can get bank financing. It's a little easier for them because they've been running a little long. But a brand new business, a lot of them rely on credit card or and or personal money that they've already saved, preparing for themselves for this. But that's the problem. Usually, you prepare. And they need to prepare even worse, and it gets down. So usually the small business will own it, use their money at first, get it going, and then the banks will start loaning them money. So most of those young financing is capital for themselves, their own savings account, family, credit cards, lines of credit, which are pretty easy to get for basically anybody that's been 
if you if you're living and worked at all. Yeah. And that's kind of how they get started from that point. Then you need to refine it. And then so we've got so that would all be considered in the beginning. You kind of break that out, right? You have owner finance, which is like either savings or coming into it from another thing, or you're like with you with rounders from we talked about last week in episode one about um your you know you used money from your your day job to fund the capital for the the pr- upfront product to then sell at retail or above retail whatever those rates were and then you have credit cards which is separate this is money you have like owner finance is money you have from somewhere else credit card right. is money you're expecting to get back to them pay yeah and then so what would be other other like high level types of financing you could acquire for new businesses, um, more of the line of credit because you might be getting product or even some of the, when people are selling inventory, you can get somebody to hold you for 60 days, give you the product if your business is already in place, say, we'll give you this product for 60 days, and then you owe it to us right. on the back end with a fee. But uh, most of the time for, like for myself, I started off uh, with my UPS money, just kept, you know, saving, saving, saving. I had great credit and went into the bank to get a credit card for a Greenville Rounders, they told me no. And I'm like, why? I mean, what's the what's the difference? It's still, you know, it's still going to be in my name, just different. And it's basically just another way the banks look at it. So sometimes uh, just getting that business flowing yourself or with their personal credit card until those they start to realize that you're doing well and they could give it back to you. But right. lines of credit, SBA, um, banks, depending on uh, small community banks are bigger and better than maybe somewhere like First Citizens. Well, n- nothing against First Citizens. I've been going there since I was 15, but they're a little bit community banks will look at you as a more of a person and they can make those answers in that little building instead of going out further and further right. into yeah. structure. So you added two more on there. You added uh, just any type of small business loan, anything like that. But then you also add SBA, which is a whole nother level and a whole nother topic yes. um, that we can get into in a little bit. But then um, another, I guess another aspect would be investors finding outside investors into your idea or product. Yeah. In the beginning it's, in the very first part, you better have some kind of a background of if you're going to look for investors that sometimes mostly it become from family, family, I have family or friends. Hey, look, I don't mind investing in you a little bit. But if you're going to a true angel investor, which most people do, knows there's no venture capitalists around here. But an angel investor be someone like myself that has a little bit of money, might believe in what you're doing and, and want to back you a little bit. Those or- are. Or someone who has a vested interest in that particular industry you're emerging into. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times people go find people in that same industry or or they ask around who's interested in getting in this. Sometimes you'll see people go, man, I really want to own a burger place, but they don't want to go actually open a restaurant, but they want to be a part of something. Yeah. Or, I want to open up a bar, but I don't want to run the bar. I just want to yeah. drink at the bar. Those are the people you try to find in the same kind of mindset you're thinking of as a business owner because you want to own these things and you want to work it. So you look for people with the same kind of uh, outlook that you have. Yeah, and you have, that's one of the things too about investors. Like I wouldn't even consider investors in this like small business financing. They are, like they finance you in the beginning, but you should cho- you should choose your investor based off the relationships they can open up for you. Yeah. And it's like a whole, that's a whole nother episode in itself. And we'll probably talk about it on other shows on this network, but Finding money, like I would treat investors, like especially if you're having to give away a lot of equity for it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't use that as like the high level for that unless there's someone who's going to open doors. Like one of our clients, really heavy in the meat packing industry mm-hmm. and meat processing industry. So every company he acquires or one he, he joins has something that can add 
to his existing book of business, whether it be a product that works well in those environments or science that's going to change those environments or things or a business is going to profit from advancements in that industry. Like he sticks where he is and that's really what he only invests in. Yeah. Um, and you know, things like that. So he's going to, he's going to control his portfolio, of course, but you should be seeking out investors like that. It's like, they've got a book of, you know, be, be strategic in who you choose as an investor, not so much getting money. Right. Yeah. And that's where most of that small business comes from. You saving and or family money because it's so much easier to talk to family because if it's your dream, you call your grandmother, you call your uncle. Yeah. And they'll be more willing to give you stuff in the beginning without even having any equity in your company, just hoping they get their money back. Right. At the same time, they take a little equity knowing they might not ever get it back. And then they're just trying to help you out. And the joy of seeing you succeed. Too. Exactly. You know, it's like a sentimental. You're trying thing. to give him back. Um, instead of you're giving back to your community, you give back to your own family, and you're hoping that will turn into something else. Right. So before we dive into those types of ones, because I want to I want to break those out, like those those kind of four main five main ones we landed on, which to recap would be owner financed, credit cards, lines of credit, SBA loans, and then ultimately investors, which would be that's my personal opinion. A lot of people think differently than that. But my personal opinion is like bringing in an outside investor is like the the last resort for me because I want that I want that relationship. I'd rather give equity for a network than give equity for debt. Basically, yeah. you know, it's not technically not debt, but still like they can no, come right. call, they can come calling for it. If any that person time. doesn't have family or anything, the investor is the last thing they're looking for or they're even yeah. thinking of. Exactly, they're thinking about their idea and how I get yeah. it going. And but but so those are the kind of like the five main areas, and I want to break those down so we can circle back to that. But before we do that, what okay. would be the main reasons a business would be seeking financing? And for those listening and watching, like when we're talking about financing, we're talking about someone who's looking for working capital, not someone who needs. I mean, it could be someone who needs a little money to pay payroll, but we're not looking for like fixing a problem. We're looking for financing a new a new part of your business, an entire new company, et cetera. It could be as much as inventory. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you need to expand. Um, you want to strengthen um, your outlook for 90 days because now you're down to 30 and you're like, you need a little extra cash to make sure it's all going to cash though. Or maybe you picked up a big contract and that first initial money is basically you're just draw money for it and you don't get your profit to the end. Right. Your true profit comes at the very end when that, that last 20, 25% draw comes in. So a lot of people will get so many businesses and they start working, those employees are working or however, if it's inventory related and or contract related, it takes time to get that money back. So you need additional funding to make it easier and for, for you to make money because if you can't pay those certain things, you can't make it to the end. Right. And one one that always, one that reminds me of a time when people seek finances, when they're making, starting a new location. So like when when you got into the burger place mm-hmm. and y'all opened it, like you got in it and at the same time they're opening another location. Right. Like that's, that's a time when bringing in an investor like yourself helps because not only do you have a network that, you know, people are going to come to where you are because you've been in the the bar and restaurant scene, like creating, creating hype around them for right. so long. And people know you as that. You also have the financing to help fund or is going to help that company fund into that new location. That's right. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like strategically picking the right investor to help with that. that it's passionate, but also a network is going to give you what's there and funding for like a new location. Or if you're opening your first one, like you've found success online and like one of our clients that sells like, um, they sell like clothing, like old clothing, vintage clothing. Mm-hmm. 
they found a lot of success for the size of their company online, and then they got a small storefront. You know, so right. having an investor come alongside them or finance, I don't know if they got an investor or not, but having financing come alongside them to like upfront the upfit cost and things like that. Yeah, or in, back to the agency too. If you're yeah. running an agency and you pick up a huge client that has a lot of ad spend, and you might have 60 days later for that money to come back. You still have to pay Google, yeah. Facebook consistently days to catch that up. Or like they cancel. <laughs> or they, yeah. They or, cancel. Or they don't yeah. pay, but you've already paid yeah. all this stuff going in. So Yeah. Well, we have that a lot with the event campaigns too. We, like a, an event campaign will run and it'll be a 30-day campaign. But technically the way their invoicing is set up, depending on their, part, their partner or client relationship with us. Connection. Yeah, it comes in It comes in 60 days later. Yeah. When they're, like, but, so their bill but the the advertising spend we had to pay, we're paying based off of a month, you know. So, yeah. And you could be 60 days in on the very first day spending money, but you're not going to see it till the end. Right. So which type of, I mean, which type of financing would you, for something like that, if you're in, let's, let's, t- let's unpack that a little bit. Okay. If you're in the service-based industry and let's not even think about ad spend, let's think about just service-based in general. And you get half up front to start or deposit for materials or whatever, and then you've got to pay your your employees. You're not going to get paid to the end, and it's a project just won't die. Things like that. What types of like what type of financing of these that we've listed? Obviously, capital from an investor, like big lump sum sitting there, or right. draw for whenever. But let's take investor out of it. What type of financing options would you recommend to keep your operation running, knowing a cl- in the service based industry, knowing that you've got to finish jobs to get paid? So what I do, my main focus is lines of credit and factor funding. And factor funding is your invoices. Right. So if you're with another, if you've got a new company or you're working with a big company, a lot of companies will factor that invoice. So you need lines of credit to pay your employees. Then you also want a factor funding, which is basically I give you a $10,000 line of, um, an invoice. This company will fund 85 to 90% of it that day. So now, even though that company still owes you ten grand, you're, I'm going to give you nine thousand up front, and every week goes by, you're going to get a, a fee right. until that customer pays. But at least you're able to keep your business flowing. Right. So now you got your you got your line of credit for your your employees, and then you got your factor funding for your invoices. If people take too long, good thing is if people don't take too long, you get it back. You're not paying as much a fee. It's nice the money's there, cash flowing your business completely. So I like to do two of those especially in the construction business, staffing business, um, roofing business, any kind of, like you said, service base where you have to do some work first line of credit with the factoring is amazing. And it's make sure your invoice is correctly too. Like you can't just, well, you can, you know, you can't write it up on an Excel spreadsheet. There's a little bit more that goes into it nowadays with the way the banking system works. You could do it with the touch of a button very quickly every yeah. day. And that's why I try to teach these guys and business owners, like, if you do this, this is going to make your business run and you can keep running without worrying about, oh, my God, I can't pay cash flow this week. Right. And I can tell you from experience, when you know you might not be able to pay your employees, that is stressful. Yeah. And you don't want to take that home to your family and you don't want to worry about it about your business. So you yeah, need. I can, I can remember even when in photography back in the day, like the first business I did service, you know, I was shooting, I was still working full time and shooting photography on the weekends and stuff like that. And I remember I had paid my rent and I was getting paid from a wedding the next day. It was like a $3,000 wedding, I think. And this was several years ago. This is like 2010, 2011. So several thousand dollars 
for our wedding was good money at the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, most people are still twenty five, three thousand now, and I was three thousand six or seven years ago. And <clears throat> but I remember going shooting, and I'd always pay my, I'd pay my second shooter fifty dollars an hour, and so I had to pay this girl I was working with five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. This client hadn't paid me yet. They well, they paid their deposit, but they hadn't paid the whole thing. I was like, and I. I did not have five hundred dollars in my pocket to, right. pay, to pay. So it's a contractor, it's not an employer. Yeah. But like that whole day, I was just like, "How do I? How do I work this to like get cash from these people?" Yeah. And they paid half of half of the remaining balance, which was twenty five hundred dollars. They paid half of it in cash and half of it with a check. So I was, you know, I was able to do that. But like, I would, I was preparing all day to have that conversation of like, "Hey, yeah." Especially I'll, at someone's wedding. I mean, this is yeah, this is before Venmo was really a thing. Like it was. Venmo was catching on in bigger cities, you know, um, but it wasn't a huge deal. And that Venmo is something so small. Like, it's so integral in our day-to-day. Like, it's only been around for, what, three years, four years? Not even a ton of time. But that's not even having a, a group of 20, 20 guys who have just worked two 40-hour weeks. Yeah. And you don't have, you know, but still that stress of that one day. It, it The stress will take you down. So if you... And it, I think we talked about this last episode. Most of the people, when they're doing this, they look for money when it's too late. Right. And uh, when you're first funding your business and you start to get the cash flow and you already have it, it's a good time to start looking. Yeah. And there's certain things that will look, just because your business is six months, there's people out there now that will fund your business. It's just having that network to find them. And that's, we, we say the same thing with attention at the agency. It's like you should prepare whatever you're doing. You should prepare for the attention that you're going to have in a year. Yeah. And it's the same thing with financing too. Like when, you know, when the businesses we've been in together going into and getting certain bits of financing, it's been for six months. Like you said, it's been in preparation for, we know that we've got these two big projects coming up. We know we're going to have to onboard two employees in six to eight months. We yeah. need to make sure we're capable regardless of if like, let's say hypothetically July and August are really good months for us. We need to be prepared to pay, pay these salaries. Um, but okay, so those are the two that you would recommend. You'd recommend lines of credit and factor funding, mm-hmm. right? Okay, if there now, I've been on the opposite side of the investor for a while, and you know, this episode at least. If you wanted to find someone and bring them in, and you're you know you're planning for something, you have proof of concept. Hey, we got this big contract. It's not starting until July, but it's going to be major. Um, we need funding. We're interested in letting a certain amount of equity go. Yeah. What would what steps would you suggest people take to find a trusted investor or one that could actually be a benefit, a value added investor? Well, let's call them that, a value added investor. Well, first, I would actually, they're probably already using a banker that they're comfortable with, and uh, I had a couple guys from um, that the banks brought me myself. They say, hey, these guys are kind of young. We can't really help them anymore but they're good clients and here we go. So I think your banker is your first one that you can ask, is there any other investors? Cause a lot of times those investors are coming in the bank all the time. They see them. Right. And you can ask your local community banker, Hey, you know, anybody that, you know, looks for, you know, things like that. And they'll usually know. And if not out of that, you, you know, you, if you're whoever you worked for in the past or anybody that you look up to, that's been in that community a long time, see if you can ask those questions to them. Because it's usually just finding that one guy that knows that one guy. Right. Because it's not like people are running around going, hey, I'm, a, I'm an investor. It's not that easy. I mean, it's usually an investor is not the guy out there screaming he's an investor. He's just sitting there quietly picking and choosing through his own network. Yeah. And those networks expand and expand. Because uh, wealth whispers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's one of the biggest things, too, is like 
the people I, I remember when I worked at the grocery store and I was in 15, 16 years old, the guy who owned 80% of it would come in maybe once or twice a month mm-hmm. tops, maybe once every six weeks. And you, everybody knew this fellow was wealthy, you know, just by the way he acted and how he dressed, but no one, very few people. I mean, even people who worked in the office at this place knew this guy owned it. Yeah. They were all, I mean, the other guy owned 20%, he and his wife that ran it every day, day to day. And they were known as the owners publicly, everything, everywhere. But this guy was the actual majority owner. Yeah. And there's, you'd be surprised the amount of businesses that are like that out there, like even businesses, you know, and love that, that you see a owner somewhere, but the guy who actually owns them, like he probably wouldn't even admit it if you asked him. Yeah. The guy banking or, the girl. or finding the yeah. whole thing. You're like, that's the guy. Yeah. It's, it, it does take a team. Like it, it does take uh, more than just one person to run a successful business. Yeah. Now, if you're just going to cut grass every day and you and your brother are going to do it, you could be just as successful. But if you're going to grow anything kind of multi-million dollar, you're going to need help right? as a team. And I mean, even with cutting grass, you're going to need funding for, yeah. I mean, that's right. your equipment. Like that's with like even photography. And while it's not like a brick and mortar day-to-day job, it's a service-based and creative industry. But I had to be prepared for if I'm shooting and my sensor falls out. Like if my sensor falls out of a $4,000 camera, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I've, I've got $3,000 on the line. I'm six hours into a 12-hour day. I can't just say, oh, my camera broke. I'll see y'all later. You know, you got to, same thing with the, you know, same thing with, uh, I guess, uh, what's it called? Landscaping business, like you mentioned. You've got to be prepared to go get another weed eater or yeah. go get another, you know, go get more more plants if you rip some up. you got to prepare to work on Saturday and Sunday because it rained all week. And yeah. that's another one good one to have an investor because sometimes the investor owns property in town or knows other people that own property yeah. in town. So going, you know, getting into the part of your chamber of commerce and meeting certain people and always, always leave yourself out there to introduce yourself to people. Cause you never know who you're going to run across. A lot of people, they just don't talk, speak to people. Um, yeah. Don't get all in their business, but just introduce yourself as you go along every day. Yeah. It's amazing who you'll run across. And what the worst thing can happen is they just look at you funny. That's right. <laughs> you just got to get over that. Yeah. But if you're in business for yourself, you've gotten over that for yeah. the most part. There's um, I remember the a fellow I knew. He's uh, I would call him a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But when he was in college, he uh, he bid on. He found out that the student housing place he was living at mm-hmm. had a bid up for their landscaping, and he bid on it. Through a through another LLC that he and like one of his friends or something mm-hmm. wasn't even a landscaping LLC. He just bid on it and he he beat everyone else's bid. Right, and he's like, so me and a couple of my buddies just got their push mowers and cut it for like six months until that they finally caught on to us. But he, <laughs> he won he won this year long contract just by you know so thinking about the landscaping like it takes it back and he had never cut grass professionally or done anything like that. And then another one I know you know that's a whole other thing about like setting up recurring channels and things like that. But he, I remember him saying, he's like, yeah, I've been working all week and it was snow on the ground. I was like, what do you, I mean, what have you been doing? Like I've always known, I guess business was X grass cutting. Right. It's like, what have you been doing? He's like, uh, he's like, you think I make my money off grass cutting? He's like, no, I make my money off these, these lawn retainers. He's like, and I literally go around to about 50 people's houses a week and I, I'll go pick up sticks. Yeah. But they will see me in their yard to make sure that I'm still working on making their yard best. So it's, which I thought that was like, like you said about working on Saturday, Sundays, you know, like you, no days off in your business for yourself. Yeah. I know a lot of small, you're right. Uh, those landscapers, most of them, it'd be better if you just say, look, I'm for a hundred dollars. I'll make sure your yard's cut, you know, once or twice a month. It doesn't matter what time of year it is to keep yeah. your yard clean. 
because then you have a consistency. I've got a, a buddy of mine now that owns a landscaping, and he is so slow for five, four or five months, and he just kills him. Yep. When if you could just say, look, just pay me this flat rate, even though you probably could make more in those, but it just extends you into those other months and makes yeah. it easier. Well, 20, 25% of a, 25% of something is better than 40% of nothing. Yeah. So that, that's how you look at it. Or that's how I look at it with something like that. Well, next thing you're working for something, like, I don't want to go to work. But if you would have consistently set it up a little different, it would have just kept flowing. It wouldn't right. have those big downfalls. So understanding the types of financing. I mean, you know, so we talked about types of finance. We've talked about what were, when would you start looking for financing, like preparing for the future, preparing for either a new section of your company coming out, a new product line, a new bit, a new location, opening a location, starting your business inventory, things like that. When do you think is the right time or what, what do you think are the ideal conditions for you to look for a small business credit card? So you mentioned about how they wouldn't give you one when you went, but you, so you're able to use your personal. At what point do you, do you switch over into a, this is my business credit card? Uh, I guess the ideal. That, that makes sense. Let's, let's act like we're on a very small scale, one or two person employee job. If you got to your recurring of money coming in, that doesn't mean you're making a profit. Let's just say you got cash flow of anywhere from, 2500 to 4000 a month, and you consistently done that for a minimum of three months. Now you're showing that you have money flowing into your bank's bank account. Mm-hmm. That's about the perfect time for you to reach out to a basic credit card, even if it's $500. Because as soon as you prove to them, it'll get to 3000 and then so forth and so forth. And a lot of times people don't understand, like with our credit cards, I get 2% back and I don't even pay interest for the first 30 days. So I might pay back a credit card in the first three days, and I made 2% on it. Now, of course, there's fees on the back end for using stuff, but in general, you can make a lot of extra money with your credit cards if you're paying them off quickly. So credit cards can be very useful nowadays when it comes to um, cash flow and whatever you're doing. So it's it's thinking, too, about um, thinking about, like, basically how it works with you as a person. Like, when you go get a loan or you go get a mortgage or you go get – a credit card, anything like that. Like you're going to see, they're going to ask you to see X amount of pay stubs right. to make sure you can make the payment or know what they can lend you yeah, um, and what your line of credit would be or on your credit card. So it's the same thing, but you know, just making sure revenue is generating. That's why I guess there's a, there's a whole episode about revenue versus profit, you know, or revenue versus income, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but you have the, you have the mindset of like, as long as you've got revenue flowing and they can see revenues flowing through, they can see you can, you know, you can pay those bills. Yeah, because a lot of times when that stuff, they're not seeing what you're doing personally. If you're taking a draw yourself back to an owner, they're not really seeing the difference where that's going. They're, all they're trying to see if you're cash flowing and if there's a, a balance in your account. Right. So if you're cash flowing, but your average daily balance is $15.62, and the bank will know what your average balance is. Every time it goes in there, you're taking it back out. Yeah. But if your average balance is 1000 or 2000 even though you were taking that recurring money kept going that's what the bank likes to see. On average, what's his recurring balance in this account? Right. So if they were going to give you a $500 credit card, you might have to pay $35 minimum. They're not worried about it, right? Yeah. That's the whole key to them long-term money. That's um, that's another thing, too, the, um, understanding, like, the, that revenue flow and, inc- and you know, cat, not cash flow, but the revenue flow and how it's coming in and going out. Those are books that, you know, when you go to any trusted advisor, I mean, any trusted investor yeah. or a value-add investor – they're more than likely going to see past the revenue bluff. It's like, oh, yeah, you're moving money through, but, like, what's that going to end up for me? Or you're trying to sell your business away. And that's a whole other thing, selling oh, yeah. my business. And we've got a 
the agency has a client that buys and sells businesses. That's all they do. Oh, they're not a client anymore. They've moved their services away. They brought them in house, but um, they, that's all they do is buy and sell businesses. And that would be something interesting to talk about. And even, yeah. you know, um, Tony does that now too. Yeah. So, and him and he would love to come in. And oh, talk. I'd love to get Tony in here. That'd be great. Be a whole episode. Um, but I think it's, it's finding that kind of balance of figuring out a way to work. It's like understanding that like, if you're going to advance your business in the future, if you plan to sell it, you've got to be able to build those books and not just show revenue. If you're going to really get a fair amount of financing, you've got to manage your books well so the bank can see that you manage your money well. Um, so, you know, we're kind of seeing a trend here. Yeah, you got to make sure at those certain points um, as an owner, if you're going to get into the selling part, you really need to lean down a lot right. to make it look even more and more profitable. Right, so let's... uh. Let's circle back to the list of ways of financing. Okay. So owner financed, lines of credit, credit cards, SBA loans, and investors. Mm -hmm. um, SBA loans are something I don't have a lot of experience with, but again, I'm not the expert in the room. I'm just I'm just here talking. Um, so what experience do you have with SBA loans? And then um, maybe like your best experience and worst experience. And then I might interrupt just to ask for like you to explain something to me and ultimately people listening. So I can understand what you're saying. My best and worst is the same company. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So, um, when I started the process as I was learning all these things, um, well, first of all, what is a SBA loan? It's basically a government backed loan from the right. bank. So the bank's going to get, if they can prove that this is going to be, good for the community. It's going to grow that particular environment of business. The government's willing to back some of the bank's uh, liability to it. Right. So there's guidelines. And if the company meets those guidelines, the government will back that loan as a kind of like a guarantee of that loan. Yeah, so it gives, takes away some of the bank's liability towards me giving you a million dollars. Right. And SBA is small business association. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just for those who don't know, I mean, <laughs> I know, you know, I didn't know. I just yeah. got this. Now. <laughs> I just looked it up on Google. <laughs> so in the beginning, people, you can, you could do an SBA where you start off as a new business and it takes a lot of work, you know, to, you got to do your business plan. You got to break it down. It, it, it's a lot. And a lot of educated people do it all the time and it can be successful and have a little bit of good background. I work with people that are trying to get SBA loan because they've been in business. They've done really well and they want to reduce their debt. They want a, a, a payment that's not set up to be paid every six months months or every year they want something they look at three to 10 years down the road and or 25 years as buying a building for their business right so so a couple of things there you have sba loan is um something you have to prepare for mm -hmm. you have to take you, you have to really take time it is that thing you're looking for in the future going to establish your company more and the funding you're looking for is what you need to set yourself up right for a years to come or something along those lines understanding that it's not the line of credit you pay off every six weeks, every six months, every year. It's not the thing you pay for every week with a lot of the lines of credit, the right. options out there. And it is something that is with you for 10 years. It can go anywhere from three to five to seven to 10. Okay. Um, now, if it's a mortgage, you can go up to 25. But if you need just uh, to fund your business equipment, um, reorganize your debt, which is the big thing. We were at one time, one of the companies, we were paying $26,000 a month in interest and fees. Wow. And by taking this one loan, it dropped it all the way down to 3700 So if we're, if we're taking what you just said there and we're like, we're kind of 
packaging it up before we move into your experience mm-hmm. with them. SBA loan is a government-backed loan that's going to add benefit and value to the community you're in or the industry you're in. It's something you need to prepare for. Um, the terms range anywhere from three to seven years. And one of the main reasons people do it is to set their companies up for those three to, those three to ten years or to consolidate their debt into one payment. Right. And a lot of time people will do it all as one. Right. And then you could get some of it as capital. But in general, they're not going to give it to you all as capital. Okay. They're going to want some kind of asset behind it um, and or debt that's already been in place. And if you're in a... Sorry to keep interrupting, but no. if you're in a service-based industry, a lot of times it can be hard to show that um, collateral back because you may not own a building, you may not own property. That's right. You it may be your mind and your your hands that are keeping you there. But you also might have bought three trucks. One's in your mom's name, one's in your sister's name, and one's in your name, and they're being yeah. paid by the business. And but all the insurance is run under here. Everything's under the business, but everybody else has helped you get it. And then you have all this other equipment. Now you could bring all that together under one house loan instead of paying 18, 24% interest a year. We can pay it at six, 7% interest rate with a long term, which makes it a lot easier to, you know, capitalize every month. And that's, that's the big thing for SBA. It can really smooth your business out and stretch your bottom line for you every day after that. Because in the beginning, you know, credit card companies, interest rate, factor funding, they want their money quickly. Yeah. They want it back. Even lines of credit at the bank, most of the time you got a year. Um, I was in there the other day. Um, my banker, Josh, told me that they got up to three years now. Because usually every year they're asking for every bit of your information just to make sure they leave it up or they want you to pay it off and then they'll give it back to you. So it kind of, you can kind of get into a little swell. But a lot of people don't understand about SBA. The very first bad story I had was, we had made a lot of transitions, a lot of buyouts, a lot of restructuring, and that structure was not in place when it came to the SBA to ask a question. Well, why is this guy's name on the equity? Oh, we bought that guy out. Okay, where's that paperwork? Uh, hold on a minute. Here's that paperwork. Okay, where did he get paid? I mean, so it can just start running through your cash flow statements to your equity, to your loans, or why is this company own the company, but he has loans here in this other company company B also. So you have to clean your books up to the appropriate to the, so it looks proper, but a lot of people don't think about it. Right. Why, why is your equity minus what other, and why is this loan out? Why is this loan out? Or why did you sell the business four times? Or why did you switch people? And you have to prove the fact that on this date, I paid this amount for equity, just cash. And I purchased this and bought about then. So if your books are not totally clean, Someone like me could clean your books up with your accountant. And sometimes the accountants, they're not worried about that. They're just going through your day-to-day, and they hand it back yeah. to you. But if you go looking for an SBA loan, you better have your stuff really clean and see where all the where all the money's going, who's owed, to the point, you know, have you done anything in your past that looks really bad? Do you think that's the government being involved that makes it that tedious, or is it just a le- the level of the amounts being It's the given? level of amounts because most of your amounts are – just even for cash flow would be a hundred to three hundred fifty thousand, just for like to fund some of your business. Where a building might go up to five million, right? So they want to make sure that everything that you have intact is straight. And if you offset that once you get going, they can come back on you to say, "Hey, what did you do here?" Yeah, and they could you know ask for that money back. So, which is not what you want. Yeah, most <laughs> time I go in to look at it, and so learning all that stuff, it took a while to really figure. I didn't even know that was going to be a problem. Right. But it was a problem, which then halted the SBA loan, right? Yeah. So then you have to find other funding really quick. 
So now you just got some more debt that you didn't really want to have. Now you got to clean that up before you go back to the SBA again. And when you go back to the SBA, you better have all your ducks in a row. So once you finally get through those phases and you learn, it was a great learning experience. Like I never would have learned all that stuff if my first one went right through. I never would have known. So have you started any, so since going through that process the first time, so this is the first time you went through it, mm-hmm. when it was so tedious, weren't prepared for that level of, that that micro level right. of attention. When when you went through it again and or have started other businesses or joined other businesses there, has that taking you, a, have it, has that changed your perspective when you come into a new business? When you come into a business, is it, let me see your books. Are you thinking with the mindset of SBA is not going to like this, so you immediately fix it? Or is it just being aware, consciously aware to address it should SBA be something on the horizon for you in the future? Oh, soon as I see something that's wrong, then you need to be aware. Even as an investor, you're like, okay, these are wrong. Yeah. And I've, I've been in a couple of companies and they, they give me their balance sheet and, and the P&L and I look down and I go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And would you say that, so seeing that, going through that process with, with SBA, did it, it change your standards? It, it changed my standards and it also taught me so much. I didn't right. know, and most people don't know unless you, unless it's something that you do for a living, yeah. then you know what to look for. Is if I'm a small business and I'm looking for an SBA loan, I know I need it. And I'm just, it's just me. I know I'm probably not ready for it mm-hmm. because of the way I've ran my books. I admit this isn't what I do. Well, who are, who is someone who can help me with that? Are there consultants? Are there, are there advisors who can help me get ready for that? Like every other test and every other test and application, yeah. like there's some sort of consultant, but is there a professional I can look to, or is it best to just go through the SBA and are is it an accommodating process or is it kind of one and I think it's almost you, you a good, a good tax attorney, an accountant attorney can help you. But next thing you know, you got an accountant and now you got an attorney, right? Well, if you already know that you're kind of messed up, someone like me could help you a lot quicker than going to these two guys that are going to charge you this, this and that, yeah. or I could just look at it and go, these things need to be fixed. It can easily be fixed and taken care of. But in, in there is people that can help, but it's not like you're not going to see a sign. Hey, I can help you get an SBA loan. The yeah. bank will do it. And you can go through the process. I'm sure some of you that's listened to this have been through that process, and it's not fun. Yeah. Um, it's not like the passport where people can help you get one in three weeks yeah, as opposed to three months. And yeah. then the banker, he's trying to do his regular job, and you keep coming in there bothering him. Right. Well, nowadays with technology, we get to the point that we can streamline this and get a SBA loan in seven to ten days, which is really fast. That is incredibly fast. Right. And some people do have their stuff together, but most small business owners, they start, they don't know what they're doing. They succeed. Now they're in debt, but now they're stuck. So how long was the the first time you went through it? What was that whole, well, how long was that process? I think it was 11 months. 11 months, and you were rejected? Twice. Twice. And then the last time, same company, got it. Was it another 11 months, or was it 11 months total? 11 months total. Start two to rejections, finish, Two rejections, finally. and then learning, yeah. learning, 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 correcting the books. Yeah proving the books too. It's not like you're just, you know, deducting minus minus. Yeah. People don't understand in your books, it's all on there. There's journal entries, there's back, there's cash flow yeah. statements. You can't just go in there and lie without numbers. Don't lie. You, right. you can find w- what somebody did. Yeah. So it's kind of like going to forensic accounting and you go, well, you could put this here and they won't look at that as bad as it looks now. Right. So there's things you can do that, um, that will help you get through that you never even thought about. And a good accountant could do it, and so will a tax attorney. But again, you'll never seen them two mesh before. Yeah. I haven't. I'll None call of- my attorney. My attorney will call my accountant. I'm like, come on, you guys. Yeah. 
And so now I just, uh, they're my backup. I right. do it first. If I need them, then I go to them. Yeah. And if you're a lot of times, and depending on where you are in your business, if you're planning for something that you know, you're going to need mm-hmm. like a large, cause like you said, like it's not a small, it's not a $10,000, $5,000 loan. SBAs typically are huge. Yeah. Very large. Um, and it's, you're preparing for something like that. You know, you're going to need it. If not sooner than later, you know, you don't want to be stacking on a ton of fees as well. And I'll be honest with you too. Most of the time, the lawyer you go see, he works for somebody. Yeah. The accountant you go see, he works for somebody. Right. Why not talk to somebody that actually is in the same kind of field and understands what you're yeah. going through day to day and is not trying to just hourly fee you. And then use your SBA money to pay for your attorney. <laughs> That's <and> right. <laughs> your attorney and your accountant. So I've been successful just being comfortable, letting people be comfortable with a normal guy. Hey man, can you help me out with this? Yeah. Show them. I've, I've had it where I saw a customer a couple months ago, contractor. I literally looked at his book, said wrong, wrong, wrong. His, his um, bookkeeper sitting next to me. She goes, oh, I said, no, that's wrong, wrong, wrong. And he took it to his accountant. And he said, this guy said this was wrong. Like accountant goes, yeah, that's wrong. He's like, why is it wrong? You're my accountant. Yeah. He goes, well, I, the bookkeeper put the stuff in. He just looks at the numbers. He puts it in. He doesn't go in there and fix your stuff. Right. And that was a big eye opener for that guy. He's like, holy crap. I mean, but you told my bookkeeper to her face that she was wrong. Then I went to my account to see if you were right. Yeah. He said you were right. What the hell? Why do I pay these two people to do stuff? And then they're both wrong. Yeah. So in that, I mean, that's, a, that's something that's huge that can people, people listening can benefit from is yeah. like, don't take like as entrepreneurs, which most business owners are, yeah. they, they consider, they hire people to do things they're not good at. So they can do what they're good at. Yeah. Um, or they can bring their vision to life. But if that person, how how would they even know to think that? Is it always, is it just to have someone take a second look? Is it just to, un, you know, it, are there tips that you can give that may, would help them see that? Because if you hadn't had that conversation, it could have kept going oh, yeah. for God knows how long. And it will continue to go on. Yeah. And um, it, there's, I don't say there's tips. It's something like, you know, when people are good at something, you bring them in, it's amazing how they fix it. Yeah. Don't know how they fix it, don't know why, but they just do. Let's fix, yeah. So um, I think, you know, just sharing and, and uh, having somebody look at it from the outside, you got to remember that accountant still needs your job, right? He right. still wants you to pay him. Your bookkeeper still wants your job. I don't have a job with you. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I've got friend, got a couple friends and a couple colleagues, I guess we'd call them, that they – they can't afford our services with the agency or they can't afford, they can't afford to hire someone um, or don't need somebody like that. Or they have hired somebody and they need that person to succeed. They don't want to spend any more money than what they're spending on that person. So they'll come to us and like, Hey, can you please just help them? Like, can you just take a look at what everything's there and just send it to me and I'll give it as suggestions, you know? So, so that same thing, like build, I guess the same thing will be there. If you build a network, if you think your books aren't right, if you think you need help, you know, your bookkeeper needs help. And your bookkeeper, if it is owner finance and it's a small business or something like that, and you've got a family member helping or a friend helping for part-time or right. whatever at late at night, you know, and they need some help, you know, it's nice to have someone look at that and help you. Well, I think too, Spence, small um, tips. a lot of people, once they hire you to do a job, I'm hiring you to be a bookkeeper. I'm not trying to worry about it anymore. Yeah. That's a problem. Right. You need someone that's overseeing those other things that are not, if it is an investor or somebody bigger, somebody with a financial responsibility to the company, 
that's the guy or lady needs to look at your stuff and go, this is it. Yeah. Because that other girl's not going to say that or that other guy's not going to say they don't want to lose the job. They're not going to admit, yeah. They you don't you take, need somebody that yeah. looks at it and goes, that's perfect. You did a great job. Or you know what? That's wrong. So uh, let's just put a pin. I mean, let's just put a bow on uh, SBA loans. For SBA loans, these are people. This is not for your, your flip businesses. Mm-hmm. This is for a business you want to be in. You want to grow. It's a business you're going to add into the – you're going to add value. You're looking to be a part of the community. For the mo- It's not really community-driven, but you need to be able to prove how you're going to. Understand it could take a, a while. It's not a quick fix, even though they have expedited the process yeah. significantly. It's probably best you speak with a trusted financial advisor mm-hmm. or someone who at least has been through the process before and document it well and then pursue the process as right. a whole. But understand, it's not like a line of credit. It is for like your serious funding of a new yeah. venture. You've created a really good business, or you're about to start a brand new one. And you want funding? That's great. But if you uh, you've started from the bottom and you worked your way up, and now you need to consolidate things and make them smoother, that's the way to do it. Right. So, right, so we've talked about types of finance, small business financing. We've talked about when you would need small business financing. What are the best times to truly start looking for it and preparing for it? Mm-hmm. And then we've also talked about um, lines of credit. And we've talked about the best way to find a good investor by building those relationships with your local banks and local community members. We've talked about SBA loans, how they work. Um, I think the last thing before we kind of put a cap on this episode would be uh, credit cards. What's the best? We talked about how and when to get them, but what's the best type to be looking for as a small business? What's the, um, like, who would be? I would stick with the big boys. I'd go Capital One, American Express, Chase. Are there particular? Citibank. You mentioned two percent back. Is there is there certain rates that you know to look for? I know, just like with SBA loans, an, an ideal an ideal world would be to be able to consolidate everything into one. Right. Um. So I know there's a lot of them that have like I know within the personal world they have no interest, but I think in the business world they do some of that like some incentives is that as well. A lot of the if if you have the thirty days like the Capital One right now is the best card that I've ever had. Two percent. A buddy of mine uh, runs the Greensboro region. So from a business owner, I could help them get that going. If I feel like they're going to say yes, right. I'll look at your numbers. I'm like, they're going to tell you, no, don't do it. Because yeah. you don't want to go after something you're not going to get you get a no for. You don't waste that yeah. time. You just want to wait, wait, and then get it. Um, so Capital One, Chase, American Express, Citibank, uh, the local banks charge you a lot more, and they start charging you interest every day sometimes. Or these bigger guys, they want those fees. They want you charging every right. day because they're charging someone else. That's why people go, why did I get 2% cash back? I said, because they charge the restaurant three. Yeah. I mean, it's just amount of money flowing through there all the time. And that's the difference. And then if you keep your cash flow right, you should always be paying that thing off where you never pay interest. Right. And there's also, you know, finding what works for you best. Like if you have salespeople, like one of our clients, they have salespeople all throughout the, all throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. So they're literally flying everywhere. So having like Delta Sky Club as, right. a, as a benefit and things like that, you know, like it's, there's added value that works for you. But so basically sticking to the, the ones that are tr- tried and true um, and figuring out the one that has the best perks that are for you. And then also going after the one, you know, you can get, don't, don't waste your time yeah. applying for others. I mean, if you're going to fly to Chicago every day from Raleigh on Southwest, get the Southwest credit card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is this going to be a lot easier for you? But that'd be a horrible flight <laughs> yeah. flying into O'Hara every day. So those kind of things, it just, it goes back. But if you're just going to have day to day business, I would say, uh, Capital One. All right. Well, Capital Annex. One, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, we're, Shout out to Capital we're One. We're here and ready, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's pretty good. And also at the end of the day, it 
it gives us other things to talk about too, if they have interest. Cause I think each one of these topics we talked about, we could easily spend half an hour on Yeah, even more than what we did today, especially SBA, especially even credit cards too. Like how to, how to work knowing that you're going to need 10 people to have a, a copy of your credit card because you are running landscaping business and you do need to put gas in every, in six vehicles. You do need yeah. to buy oil for all the two stroke motors you run. So I think overall, this is a pretty good cap on understanding your financing options, when it's best to use, and then uh, kind of some foreshadowing for episodes we'll bring in next in the next season. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you Thank for you. your time. Thank you for your time. Blue Collar CFO is a React Radio production. All contents are filmed and edited in the React studio. For past episodes as well as our sister shows, check out reactradionc.com. Thanks for listening.